Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon at Fountain City Church. We hope that you are blessed by this message today. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out our website at fountaincity.org. Um, before we jump into the message, uh, Pastor Grant actually has a message for us. Fountain City family, it's good to see you all today. I'm so sorry that I can't be there in person. Uh, Nora and I both tested positive for COVID again last night, uh, and at the advice of some nursing friends, we're going to stay in a couple more days so that we can really knock out these symptoms that we're having, just chest colds and things like that. Um, and one of the reasons that I'm really bummed to not be there today is that I have been begging and pleading David Swanson to preach or teach for the past several years, and he finally said yes, and I'm stuck at home. Uh, and so when I met David and Gabby years ago, they joined our community. Um, they were invited by Caleb and Lauren Money, and David and Gabby quickly became some of those pillar people in our church family. They've just been steady and consistent. They've been faithful to show up and to love people uh, and really to just carry God's prophetic heart for people. Uh, and so I'm really excited that you guys get to be on the front lines of watching God used David and his giftings today to minister to our church family. Um, David, I'm so incredibly proud of you. And even though I won't be there in person, I'll be cheering you on at home louder than anybody. And so Fountain City family, I want you to do me the great pleasure, the great honor of welcoming David Swanson with cheers and with clapping and with celebration. Somebody should do a backflip. There should be rockets and fireworks, all kinds of stuff. But David, we love you. Thank you for ministering today. Fountain City family, give it up for David Swanson as he comes. Can everyone see me? Just kidding. Um, well, thank you, Pastor Grant, for that intro. I... Uh, have to change my opener now because I was going to make fun of him for not being here because he has been asking me to preach for several years and I finally said yes and he's not here but enjoy the popcorn at home. Um, uh, let's, let's pray. Father, I just thank you. Lord, Lord, we just humble ourselves before you right now. And we are just so grateful to be called your sons and your daughters. Lord, I just ask that you are with us today and that you speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. So, for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is David Swanson, and uh, I am happily married to my beautiful wife, Gabrielle Swanson, who's in the back, with our two-month-old son, Spencer, and we have a three-year-old daughter who's back in kids' church. And um, I'm just so, so grateful for my family. And my wife has been such a trooper uh, helping me with the kids the last couple weeks while I prepare for this. So thank you. Um, today we're going to be continuing the topic of being formed by the Holy Spirit. And I'll be sharing how the Holy Spirit's been forming me personally these last eight months of my life. And if you let him... If you let him in, then he's going to transform you as well. 
Um, John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. In John 16, Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And when he comes, he guides us into all truth. A lot of times, it's easy for us to ask the Holy Spirit for help with the situations that are right in front of us. But if we sit and we listen, the Spirit of God will reveal so much more than what's just in front of us. He'll start to reveal the deep things within us as well. He'll start to reveal blind spots in our lives, things we never knew we had or thought were a problem. And the reason why this is important is that if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to come and lead our lives, we will only come to him when we have problems to treat our symptoms instead of him teaching us how to pull things up from the root. The Holy Spirit loves to lead his people into freedom. Galatians 5.1 says, It's for freedom that you have been set free. So if we allow him, the Spirit will confront the bondage and burden and blind spots in our hearts and keeping us from the freedom he's calling us, that is keeping us from the freedom that he's calling us to live in. Um, I want to share a little story. A lot of what I'm going to be talking about today is uh, just some personal uh, testimonies. And uh, before I get into uh, what's been transpiring in my life the last eight months, I need to go several years back to provide you guys with some context. Um, but around December of last year, I was, um, I was consumed with stress, anxiety, and fear. And um, for me, that was really abnormal. I'd never dealt with any of that before. And um, I have family members that did, but for me, it was just, it was really weird. And um, I wasn't sure what to do. And uh, so I did the only thing I knew how to do, which is I just started pressing into the Lord. And there were certain things that happened in my life that I believe led to this enormous amount of stress and anxiety uh, back in December of last year. And that's kind of what I'll be sharing today. But um, I remember there was a point um, where in the middle of me pressing in in the season, I was, I mean, I was reading three, four times a day. I was uh, declaring scriptures over my mind. I, mean, I was trying everything I knew how to do to, to f not feel this way anymore. And after weeks and weeks and weeks of me doing this, nothing changed. And it got worse. <laughs> And uh, I started to think, Lord, if you don't work, then I don't know what to do. And I, I don't think I'd ever felt so hopeless in my entire life. Um, because for the first time, I was, I mean, I was really trying to connect with the Lord and nothing was happening. And uh, it started to kind of freak me out because I was like, God, if you're not working, then I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And... Um, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so in the midst of that season, I remember I was in like, it was one day I was in my living room and I was like really panicked. I was having like panic attacks of just anxiety. And I, I stood in my living room and I remember I just looked up and I said, God, I don't care if I feel this way for the rest of my life. I am choosing 
to love you. I'm choosing to believe that you're real, and I'm choosing to give you glory. And so even in the midst of my misery, I still sought after him. And that was my faith moment. That was my Hebrews 11, 6 moment. And, I draw cl- and that's when I began to have breakthrough. So going a little bit further back, what kind of caused these symptoms uh, eight months ago? Um, for those of you who don't know, I am from Arizona. Gabby and I are from Arizona. And we actually moved to uh, a town called, we were in Casa Grande, Arizona, which is like 30 minutes from Phoenix. And the Lord called us, actually, the day after our honeymoon, we packed up the U-Haul, and we drove all the way to a town called Phoenix City, which spelt the word Phoenix wrong. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Lord, where have you taken us? Like, what what is going on? And uh, it was funny. We lived in Phoenix City, or Phoenix City is how I pronounced it at first. And they're like, no, it's Phoenix. I was like, oh, Okay. (laughs) And so we lived there, but we worked in Columbus, Georgia for an organization called Global Teen Challenge. And um, while we were working there, uh, the first couple of weeks we lived there, uh, I didn't really know anyone. We didn't have any friends. And then um, one day we we walk into Teen Challenge and we we share offices with another Teen Challenge corporation. And uh, this blonde lady in this cubicle... um, named Lauren Money, <laughs> met my wife, and they, they became friends, and, and Lauren's like, hey, I think uh, my husband, uh, Caleb, and your husband would, would hit it off, and so they invited us over for dinner, and, and that was the night a uh, lifelong friendship burst, and uh, Caleb is actually um, one of the reasons why I love storytelling. Um, him and Lauren, um, told stories uh, through film and videography and, and photography, and me seeing how they did that, I was like, man, I, that's so cool. I would love to learn that. And so I started to learn that, that stuff. And uh, as I began to grow in my um, uh, experience in that, Teen Challenge noticed that I had kind of a gifting in that. And so they formed uh, what we called the Marketing Communications Department. And... Uh, after a couple months of that, Gabby and I started traveling uh, all over the world gathering testimonies of Teen Challenge leaders and graduates. And I think within a year or two, we traveled to like 22 different nations together. And that was like one of the best seasons of my life because we were, you know, newly married and, and here's God taking us to all these different cultures and meeting new people and creating lifelong friendships with people that um that are overseas and and uh it was just a really cool way to see how i could help people tell their stories through the means of film and um that's when i started to realize okay i love doing this i love telling stories and i love that people can watch it and sit in front of a screen and and they can see it and they can listen to it and they can be impacted by that story and um, so that kind of led me to uh, one day uh, I felt like the Lord started challenging me. And uh, he said, son, I want you to start dreaming again. And uh, not like dreams like you dream every night, but like dreams for your life. And so I, 
I took that to heart and I started to pray and I fasted for three days uh, because I wanted to know what God's dreams were for my life, not what my dreams were for my life. And so at the end of that fast, I felt like he gave me three specific dreams and uh, I'm only going to share one of them because the other ones are private and you don't get to know them. Uh, but one of the dreams was to write and direct a feature film. And uh, I thought that was really, I was like, that has to be God, because I, I would never think to do that. I, I, I do video. I'm a videographer. You know, I don't, I'm not in the industry. I don't know how that would ever happen. So I received that promise back in 2018. And for the next several months, I just kind of was like, looking around for God to open a door for me to like do something like this. Okay, where's it coming? Is it this? And then nothing happened for two years. And I was like, at the end of the two years, I was like, maybe that wasn't God. Maybe I just had too much Thai food and, and I, I thought that was that. And so I started to kind of give up hope. Um, but then uh, Caleb actually uh, started working for a production company called In Color and um, that's kind of how my journey with In Color started is we worked on a project together and, and I ended up coming on and uh, part time as a producer. And I remember Jonathan Giles, who's the uh, owner of In Color, he kept asking me to come full time. And I, I told him, I was like, hey, because he kept asking me and I kept telling him no. And so eventually I just said, hey, um, it's not about the money or the career. It's about God's calling in my life, and I, I just don't believe God has released me to, uh, from working at Teen Challenge yet. Um, so stop asking me to work for you. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a few months later, we went. Uh, they had an in-color vision retreat, and he said, hey, you don't have to come, but I'd love for you to come with us and, and facilitate some of the discussions. Like, okay, yeah, that'd be fun. And so when we get there, we're, we're dreaming and, you know, casting vision for the company. And then he gets to this question of what, what's your guys' dreams? What do you guys want to do for a living, like within In Color? And uh, when it got to me, I said, well, I want, I want to tell stories. Like, I want to write and direct a feature film. I want Because there's something about, you know, a feature where someone pays money to sit there for two hours and they devote their time and their energy to listen to what what is transpiring on the screen and I, and I said I want to I want to build content that connects people to Jesus and I want to do that through film and that's what I told him and he's like well we're going to do that we're going to make a movie and I was oh that was easy okay <laughs> cool and uh, so long story short cuz there's a lot more information to that I ended up feeling released from Teen Challenge and God sent me on my way, started working for In Color, and that was uh, February of 2020, right before the pandemic. And so it actually worked out being quarantined for an entire month because that's where I wrote a, a bulk of the script. So that was kind of nice. Um, all that to say, um, we spent two years filming that, that project. And uh, in the business, we, we call it a test screening where when you're done with the production of the film, you, you're at a stopping point where you need to test if your movie is good or not. So you get a large group of people and you give them surveys, they watch the movie, and then they give you feedback, and then they tell you if it sucks or not. And uh, so <laughs> a couple months 
leading up to this test screening, um, we it was a very high stressed uh, couple months. Like deadlines had to be met. The movie wasn't finished. We were editing it. We were working on all these details, and you know, 600 people were showing up to our screening. So it was just, it was just a lot of stress. And I remember I I don't I've never had so much stress in my life than that season right there. And I remember I woke up one morning and I looked and I'm like, babe, I feel like someone took a baseball bat and smashed me in my jaw. Like my jaw was just like locked up because I had just been clenching it. And the my tongue was like glued to the roof of my mouth. And I, I remember I couldn't relax it. I was like trying to relax it. I was like walking around the house. I was like, I was like, why can't I control my tongue? And I just couldn't relax. And I just thought, man, okay, maybe when the screening's done, it'll be over and, and I'll feel better. Like all the stress will go away. So the screening's done. Uh, the, night, the night's over. It was a great night. Had really good feedback. And Gabby and I are in my car. And uh, I remember I, I turned to her. It's late at night. And I said, I, I feel sad. I feel like I feel really disappointed, like almost like um, I'm in mourning, like I lost someone. And I knew that all these feelings were related to the film, not the not the way the film turned out, but just the overall experience of the film. I just started to feel depressed, and I was, and I knew I was like, uh oh, this isn't good, and I. It was in that moment that I felt like God revealed my first blind spot that I've been having for the last couple years. And that blind spot was I had idolized God's dream for my life over my relationship with God. And that broke me. Because I, I, I was so ashamed of myself because I knew better. And I was like, God, how could I pursue your dream for my life without you? You know, <laughs> who does that? <laughs> and um, and so that that's what really rocked me. And um, my I felt like my foundation was just it was broken. And so I uh, I went before him and I just repented and I apologized and I asked for his forgiveness and I said, Lord, I never want to feel this way again. I always want my purpose in life to be my pursuit of friendship with you, my relationship with you. I need that to be my foundation because even if I build this extravagant house on top of it, it can come crashing down, but my foundation will remain solid and firm. And so... I began to press in more, and um, when I I started reading more, I started uh, just um, just really digging in, and and the more I started to press in, the worse things started to get, <laughs> and I was like, uh, this seems backwards. I feel like you're sp I'm supposed to, like things are supposed to get better when you get closer to God, but things are getting worse for me, and I was kind of confused, and uh, I remember. Um, the Lord shared with me this vision. Uh, I was sitting uh, in my quiet time, and I felt like the Lord just gave me this vision of a um, the refiner's pot analogy. I don't know if anyone's ever heard that, but I remember seeing this picture of a, like a blazing furnace, and then right next to it was a pot of 
gold or silver, precious metals. He says, son, this furnace is my presence, and it never ends. It's always on, and this pot is you. Whenever you start pressing in, you come into my presence. And, and at first, you're like, oh, it's nice and warm. It's toasty. feels good. And then after like a couple hours, you're like, this hurts. It's, uh, it's like not good. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I remember I, I just saw these, this, the metal started to melt. And then all of a sudden, all these impurities started, like one by one, just started to come to the surface. And um, uh, Zechariah 13.9 actually explains it pretty good, too. Um, and I will put this third into the fire and refine them as one refines silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is my God. And so... As I began to press in, I realized that I was in the refinement season of my life, and a lot of impurities started to come up. A lot of blind spots that I didn't know started to come up. And that first one was um, I realized that my foundation was, my priorities were out of whack. I was pursuing God's uh, dream for my life over my relationship with God. That was the first blind spot he revealed. The second one that came to the surface um, was a religious mindset. And uh, this was a big one because I feel like I had this inside me the entire time. But it wasn't until I started to grow closer to God that I started to recognize this blind area in my life. And this religious mindset was, you know, I wrestled with um, just like nothing I did was good enough. Like, no matter how much I pursued the Lord, it wasn't good enough. I felt like I needed to be out knocking on my neighbor's doors, telling them about Jesus. And if I wasn't doing that, then I wasn't, I wasn't doing his will. He wasn't proud of me. And it was like a, I just had this picture of like a dad with a rod, just like never, nothing I did was ever good enough. And I, I, uh, that one I needed help with, and uh, one of my spiritual moms in Arizona, uh, I was talking to her on the phone one time, and she really just started uh, praying with me and uh, uh, declaring uh, certain scriptures over my mind and, and over my heart, and I, I received a lot of healing to the point where now I could, I could distinguish God's voice versus this religious voice, and um, and the difference was very obvious, but it wasn't before, but now it was. Because God's voice was gentle, it was kind, it was compassionate. Even in my rebuke, it was still full of mercy and love. And, and I could hear the difference. And so, you know, I'm, just a few days, I'm like, oh, man, God, this feels so good. Like, you're just scooping things out of my heart. And then... Like, I'm telling you, not like a day. I don't even get a break. Like, just one day goes by, <laughs> and then another impurity comes up, and it's my third blind spot, and it was um, st uh, stress, anxiety, and fear. And, and I remember I, I was having trouble breathing, like physically. I couldn't catch my breath. And I'm a pretty practical person. My mom comes from a nursing background, so... 
if I'm having trouble breathing, I'm not like, oh, this is spiritual. I'm like, do I need to go to the hospital? Like, am I dying right now? And, uh, and I just, I, I was like really concerned about my health. And, um, you know, my mom helps talk me down. She's like, well, are your lips blue or your finger? Like, you know, I'm like, no, I'm like, okay, you're, you're fine. But I went to a doctor anyway, and he also told me I was fine. <laughs> because uh, I just wanted to make sure and uh, so anyway I'm, I, I'm walking and I'm talking to the Lord I'm like father what what is this like why am I having a hard time breathing and he says son you are, have so much stress in your life that is physically manifesting out of you right now and I said okay please elaborate what, how do I, how do I fix this? Because I don't like this. And um, he said, well, you've got some burdens that you're carrying. And these burdens, you're not supposed to be carrying. I don't know why you're carrying them, but you are carrying them. I said, okay, well, what are they? And uh, he's, it was three big burdens that I was carrying. And the first one was finance. Who here carries a burden of finance? All right, just one person. Cool. <laughs> and so I, he, he, he started to talk to me just like, like a son. He says, son, does, uh, does Olive, my, my three-year-old daughter, does Olive worry about paying the mortgage? No. Does she worry about eating the food in your refrigerator or where it comes from even? Nope, she just helps herself to the snacks. Okay. <laughs> um, does she worry about paying any of your bills? No, she doesn't. Who pays for those bills, David? Well, her daddy does. Exactly. I am your father. I am your provider. I will take care of you. Doesn't mean I want you to be lazy. Doesn't mean I don't want you to work hard. But you don't have to worry about where it's going to come from because I am going to provide for you. And I'm going to talk about my finances. Uh, I have some f financial testimonies that I'm going to share uh, a little later on. But that was the first burden that I, I just saw myself giving to the Lord. And the second one was my physical health, health of myself and, and really my family. And, um, you know, when COVID hit, I feel like a wave of fear hit the planet. And I was caught up in that wave. And I'd never worried about my physical health before because I'm pretty healthy normally. And, um, but I just was like so scared about getting sick and about my friends getting sick. And it just like, I was just concerned about my health. And the Lord told me, he's like, David, whatever you're stressed out about is just an area in your life that you don't trust me fully with. Because if you trusted me, you wouldn't worry about it. You wouldn't stress out about it. And so that was another burden I had to, I had to surrender to him. I had to say, okay, Lord, I trust you with my health. I trust you with my family's health. You are good, and I trust you, and I'm not going to worry about this. And the third burden that he revealed to me was, uh, my friends and family and their burdens. Um, for some reason, whenever 
you know, my friend or my family would come up to me and they're just they're just being vulnerable and they're sharing their life's you know problems and burdens that they're carrying for some reason I would be like I just saw like them handing me a backpack and I was just like oh cool let me just put that on my back and then I just kept putting everyone's backpacks on and I was like and God's like, I don't know why you're doing that. Like, I didn't ask you to do that. And so he's like, you need to let go of their burdens because it's not your responsibility. And, uh, and so the next time I was, it was kind of funny. I was trying not to laugh because it was a serious moment. But one of my friends or one of my family members was like just dumping out their burdens. And, and I remember I could like see this image of them handing me a backpack. And I just took it and I just went like that and gave it to Jesus. I was like, that's your problem. I'm not going to handle that. And, uh, and he's like, that's the way it goes. You know, that's what he calls us to do. And, and not saying that we don't care about anyone, anyone, but what we do is I can't do anything about your burden, but I know someone that can. And so what I can do is I can advocate for you I can pray on your behalf I can lift you up I can strengthen you in that way I can strengthen you by taking Jesus and putting him into into your life putting him into your picture and so that was the third burden that he uh, he revealed to me and um, I just thought it was so cool because it was it was an area where the more I started to walk with the Holy Spirit, the more he started to not just reveal blind spots, but walk me through them, through practical applications, really. I mean, he just, he likes, I, I need things explained to me <laughs> like I'm a third grader. So <laughs> he was kind for me. And, um, but I remember there was this one time um, where it was, uh, it was back in, it was actually Christmas Eve of last year. And um, I was really struggling with, um, like, anxiety uh, on Christmas Eve and um, lots of fear. And I wanted to share this story because I feel like if, if there's, you know, if you're struggling with those things, man, the Lord sees you in those moments. And I got to tell you, when I was in those moments, I didn't feel like he saw me. I felt alone. I felt like I was surrounded by darkness. And I, I couldn't even feel his presence. I couldn't see him. I, I felt truly alone. And I remember it was Christmas Eve. My family's out having a good time. And I'm in my room, and I'm like in misery. I'm like, Lord, what is going on, you know? And so he just, he's like, son, I want you to write this down. And it was, um, it was basically like a poem or a song uh, that he uh, just gave to me. And I was able to speak this over myself whenever anxiety would come. I would remember this promise that God gave me. And it's, it's birthed out of Psalms 18, by the way. My enemies surrounding me, all alone, no hope to see. Their voices loud, consuming me, can't drown them out, hard to breathe. In the darkest hour, I called on you. I'm sorry, Lord, I'm yours. These voices now growing louder, fear is overtaking my heart's tower. But then you rose from your throne, 
displayed your light on my darkest night. With thunderous shouts you came for me, defeating all of my enemies. They fled with fear and terror alike. No more voices now, just a silent night. In the quiet, oh so still, I hear you whisper in my ear, Child, look at me. Now look around. Where are your enemies now? They're gone. I've defeated them. And I declare that you are mine. If we trust God with our, in the most vulnerable moments of our lives, he will come through. Um, as I began to walk through uh, a lot of these burdens, um, I felt like the Lord just started. It was like the first couple months were like I was in like survival mode. And I'm telling you, I had to work for this. It wasn't like, oh, Lord, help me, and then he came. I was, I was pursuing him with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, all of my strength. I was, I was chasing after him, and it took time. It took time. But breakthrough always comes. So I want to encourage you. If you feel like you've been trying, but nothing is happening, breakthrough is going to come. You just have to keep going. Um, as I began to walk with the Holy Spirit, he started teaching me more things. And this was like more fun stuff. You know, the, the hard stuff was kind of out of the way. And, and uh, um, he started to teach me about money. Because finances was a big was a big thing in my life at the time. Because uh, Gabby was working, and uh, but uh, I knew she was going to stop working when Spencer was born, and so we were going back on one income. And I was like, okay, things are going to be tight. And uh, <laughs> and I remember I was I was walking, and I said, Lord, why does it like why don't why does it feel like I never have any money? Like I tithe, I give to missions, I do all this stuff, and he's like. Well, you really want to know? I was like, yeah. I, what are you talking about? Yes. And um, he's like, well, Proverbs 22.7. And I said, okay. Well, I go and I look at it. And he says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is a slave to the lender. And it was in the moment where he said, David, how do you pay all of your bills? It's like, well, I pay them on my credit card, and then I pay them off at the end of the month. And he said, well, how do you pay, like, things that aren't your bills? Oh, I, I want miles, so I pay them on my credit card. <laughs> and uh, he said, David, uh, it's not wrong to use your credit card, but in my, in my personal story, I felt like he was telling me, stop using your credit card because you're under a spiritual curse when you're borrowing money you there's this blindness that's attached to it that you think when you swipe that card you're like i've got a $35,000 credit limit but when you use your checking account you're like i'm not going to get that because <laughs> you feel the pain <laughs> and so he's like i want you to stop paying all your bills on your credit card and switch over to your checking account and i was like that's not as easy as it sounds it's like that's hard for me because uh, I only get paid once a month, and I realized that um, a lot of my bills come out at certain times, and I, not all the money is there as they come out, and so I'm like, 
I need to be a month ahead to get all this, Lord. And, and, and so, but by faith, I just said, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do it. So we switched it over and uh, made all the transitions. And then he said, David, I want you to start paying off your debt aggressively. And I was like, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> What is, I don't have a lot of debt. I didn't have any credit card debt. I had car payment, and then we borrowed some money from uh, my mother-in-law to help renovate the house. And so I was like, okay, Lord, um, I've done my budget. You, you know my budget. And uh, I'm, sharing, I'm sharing real numbers with you guys because I, uh, I, I want you to understand the faithfulness of God. So my income and my expenses... I have a $40 surplus. Very thin margin. <laughs> if I go to Chick-fil-A twice, we're done. You know, like, I, <laughs> we have no room for error in this budget. And so when the Lord said, hey, I want you to pay off your debt aggressively, I was like, well, I, <laughs> like $40 a month? Like, what, <laughs> how are we going to do this? And he said, David, I'm going to start bringing you side jobs. And every side job you get, I want you to pay your tithe, pay your tax, and give the and what you need to live on for the month, and everything else put towards your debt. And trust me that every month I'm going to keep doing that. So, okay, let's do it. And I started doing that. At the beginning of this year, we owed $19,000 on our car. Today... We owe like 3000 I don't know how it happened, but that's the faithfulness of God. And so when you invite him into areas of your life, like your finances, you have to be willing to hear the hard things and be willing to change them. Amen. And uh, the next thing he started to teach me was health, like my, my eating. Now, if you don't know me, I love sugar. I'm like, I have a problem. Like, I eat so much candy. And, I mean, from a young age, you could ask my mom in the back. I think she caught me one time, like I was like four or five, and I was in the pantry, just took the jar of sugar and was pouring it down my mouth. Like, I ate raw sugar. I have issues. And so... When he, he started confronting me about my health and my diet, he said, son, I want you to start taking care of your body. And uh, I didn't really know why, because I'm, like, I'm in pretty good shape. I can have a Snickers if I want. And, uh, but I just felt challenged, you know, like start, start eating healthy. And I was like, okay. And um, I remember for one week, I ate the cleanest I've ever eaten, because I was like, I want to test this out. And so I, I just, I mean... It's, it's crazy how nitpicky you have to be to eat clean. It's actually extremely difficult to eat clean in the U.S. because everything is made for convenience. And so you have to do a lot of upfront research to even know what you can and cannot eat. And so I basically just ate salad for an entire week with no dressing, by the way, because <laughs> you can't eat dressing. And, uh, and so, but I remember at the end of that week, my stress levels went from like a 50 to like a 10. And I realized that the food I was putting into my body was giving me the energy and it was giving me the, the endurance to handle my stress properly. And it was just another area the Holy Spirit was inviting me into of, David, 
this is, I want you to live this way because you're going to, it's like, you know, do you want to put unleaded gas in a Ferrari or you're going to put premium? You know, you're, you're probably going to put premium. So take care of your body because you need premium. And that's kind of what he was sharing with me. And so I, 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 again, just started to open my heart to him. And I remember he shared this vision with me, and it was me and him walking around inside of my heart. And uh, we, had, we had sledgehammers. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. <laughs> and like, like, like 60% of my heart was like open space. And then the rest of it was like there was a bunch of like closed doors. And he says, son, this is what you've allowed me into your heart. These are the spaces, these are the areas of your heart that you've allowed me to speak to. And these are the closed doors that you don't want me to touch yet. And, uh, and then we go up to this one door and, he, and, I, and we open it. And he says, this was your health and you just allowed me into it. So now we're going we're gonna to knock down this wall. And we knock down that wall. And he's like, I'm patient, and I'm merciful, and I'm going to work with you until we get all of this taken care of. And I got to say, I didn't know there was anything wrong with my health. I didn't know that I had problem with my finances. It was just in that friendship, in that relationship with the Holy Spirit that he starts to reveal truth to us. I share these stories with you because we all have blind spots that we are blind to. But when we step into God's fiery presence, as we draw closer to the holiness of God, all of our impurities come to the surface, our blind spots are exposed, and the Holy Spirit teaches us, shows us how to deal with it. He walks with us and exposes the lies deep in our heart with truth. I'm going to close with this. Um, I've got one more story I want to share. Um, through all of this, um, all this revelation, all of this um, friendship with the Lord or communion with the Lord, I just felt like it was all leading to a point of like him challenging David. I want you, I want you to start pursuing friendship with me. Start going after that. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? How do you pursue friendship? And I think it's okay to ask God questions like that because sometimes you're just like, well, I, don't, I don't know what friendship with you looks like, Lord. And he'll show you. And um, so I asked him, and, and he answered. And uh, I had this... Uh, he brought me to Mark 13, 34, 35, and it was, uh, it was when Jesus was talking about the, com the coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do, and he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return in the evening at midnight before dawn or at daybreak. And he, he pointed me to the scripture reference, and then he said, David, right now, it was more me talking to God. I was like, Lord, 
I don't want to be the servant in the back getting drunk on your wine. I don't want to be consumed with the pleasures of this life. I want to be the guy at the gate looking for you, like where, like intently looking over the ridge to see your light coming. I want to wait in expectation for you. I want to be on guard, and I want to see you. And we were on our way to church when I had when I when I was having that conversation. And when we get to church, he presents an opportunity to be his friend. He's like, "Oh, this is cool." And uh, I remember we were in the back, and uh, Spencer had just been born, so we we usually sit up here, but it's a little too loud for him. So we're in the back, so we see all new faces and new people. And uh, it was like a break in worship, and I remember Grant said, hey, if anyone needs prayer, please raise your hand. And, and so this lady in front of us raised her hand, and, and we gathered around her, and we prayed for her. And as I was praying for her, I felt like God gave me a vision for her. And uh, he said, David, I want you to share that with her. And I was like, mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't like telling people things. And... Um, Especially if, like, what if I just made that up? You know, all the things that come to your mind when you do that. And, uh, and so I was like, and he's like, no, I want you to tell her right now. And I was like, well, what about after worship? Like, no, right now. I was like, and I blew it. I, I missed it. I went to the bathroom, and I came back, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I blew it. And he's like, David, tell her. This is what pursuing friendship with me looks like. I was like, Okay. And I gave her the word, tapped her on her shoulder, gave her the word, turned around, hugged me. That's exactly what I needed here. I was like, oh, cool. And it, the verse came to my mind, John 15, 14. Um, you are my friends if you do what I command you. God wants us to just do what he's asking us to do. But we can't do that if we're not listening. We can't do that if we're not walking with him. And I remember the other day, um, I felt like the Lord, like when you're in friendship with the Lord, he starts to tell you things that you don't want to hear. <laughs> and uh, you got to be willing to hear those things. And he's like, David, you know, I feel like you just come to me when you need something. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and he's like, can you imagine if you just talked to Gabby when you needed something? Like, what kind of relationship would that be? If I just came to her, hey, babe, I need dinner. All right, see ya. It probably wouldn't be that great of a relationship. <laughs> and uh, and I just, like, he just set the tone, you know, set the perspective. Of like, hey, I, like, I want the other thing. Like, I want that stuff. I want you to come to me with your problems. I want you to come to me when, you, when you're in need. But I also want all the other stuff. I want to know about your life. And, and that's hard sometimes because you think, well, God knows everything. How do you have a conversation with someone that already knows everything? Just pretend like he doesn't know everything and, and, and try anyway. And, and that's just where I'm at in my life. It's just like I need, to, I need to try. I need to pursue this friendship with him. Two minutes.
minutes over, Roman. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> um, do we still have time to? Okay. Um, so I want to uh, invite people um, up up to pray. Um, if you feel like you have burdens in your life that are weighing you down to a physical oppression or manifestation and you want to get rid of them, I really feel like God is here waiting to take your burdens. If you want to come and if you think you have blind spots in your life that you want the Holy Spirit to reveal, he'll do it. He gladly points them out because as we draw closer to him, he draws closer to us. And as we become more exposed to the holiness of who he is, we become more like him. And just to sum up that refiner's pot analogy, um, I remember one time uh, this pastor saying, you know, do you know how you know when gold is fully purified? It becomes transparent, like glass, like you can see through it. And that's how you know when you're so purified in your soul that people can look through you and see Jesus. So Christina and the band are going to come and we're going to play this song. Um, I love this song. And um, I just want the band to sing it over you guys. And But if you are um, here and you have stress you have anxiety or you have fear and you want God to come and take that it just requires you to trust him with it and say okay God here it is and I need your help and he'll help you father I just thank you I thank you for your word I thank you for your love I thank you for your goodness and you love us so well you are so patient with us. And Father, I just ask that you begin to stir people's hearts, Lord, and that your presence would just flow freely in this place, God. Where there is brokenness, you would bring healing. Where there is confusion, you would bring peace. Where there is heartache, you would bring wholesome love and comfort. Where there is uh, fear, you would bring safety. I love Psalms 23, Lord, where you depict it so perfectly that even when we are surrounded by our enemies, you take us by the hand and you lead us to a table and we feast together in the safety of your presence, even with our enemies surrounding. It doesn't matter because we are so safe in your arms. We worship you, Father. So if you need prayer, I'll be up here, and I believe uh, there'll be some uh, others coming up to, to pray, if we can get some of our prayer leaders up here. But I just encourage you to take this uh, next few minutes and just really go after the Lord because he's, he's here.